Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. King of the Hill Rewatch Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Rusty. Rusty, we are all the way at Season 3, Episode 21. We are almost done with this entire freaking season. Yeah, we've almost made it all the way through Season 3. But uh, when we did the math, we knew we would get through probably to uh, the end of Season 4 before the new mm-hmm. year. So Yeah. we um, Today's episode is a particularly memorable one. Uh, Revenge of the Lutefisk. Yep, Revenge of the Lutefisk. And I guess it's Lutefisk, not Lutefisk. Lutefisk. Lutefisk, Lutefisk. But I think the one of the most funniest things about this episode to me is how mm-hmm. controversial it could be, sure. but how innocent it really is. It's not even like it's like, you know, a burning a church because of a woman, you know, you know, a woman pastor yeah. uh would be, you know, a huge controversial thing. Oh yeah. Which you know, if you look at it from that way, that's kind of what it looks like. But then you find out it was just because of a stinky man. <laughs> a stinky man. So, hey, so find the man with the stink. You told me when you were watching it on what? What? What did you? Oh, watch Hulu. You it said Luda Fish. It said Luda Fish. Okay, it was like it was a misspelling. So just real quick, the uh, Lute Fish is a freshwater fish native to Africa. Oh, so it's actually a fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that is. So the actu- Luda Fisk is not the Luda Fish. It's not the Lute. Fish, not the loot fish. Yeah, but I can see how it can be. Uh, it's it's a, just a K instead of an H at the end. Yeah, it's kind of funny that Hulu got got it like that. Uh-huh. I thought it. No, I noticed that uh, while I was watching it earlier because I was watching it on my phone mm-hmm. and I ke- it kept you know every now and again you actually hit while you're watching it and it'll pop up yeah. and tell you the title of what you're sure. watching and it did that like four or five times and I was like oh that says fish not fisk so yeah. it was kind of thought I'd bring it up. I have uh, a, a, 
unordinate amount of Ludafisk uh, research here. So when we get to it, uh, I'm just warning all of you, you will hear a lot about Ludafisk. Ludafisk. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> we start this sucker. No bell, no yell. Uh, we are at the church, which is the Arlen First Methodist. Uh, and the church sign outside says, welcome Sunday services at 11. Uh, and we have Reverend Thomason, who uh, we find out that's his name as, as Hank starts to talk. Uh, he is up at the pulpit, and this is this is a Methodist church, so they wear the robes and the you know kind of the cloak. Uh, not quite a priest, uh, but more like we have a couple of first Methodist type churches here in yeah. town. I know one of them does a TV service and all that stuff. There's a uh, is it is it Lutheran? Isn't that the the aren't they the Lutheran Methodist? Isn't that the mm, I think it's the, two, the, different they're, they're two different things. Yeah, I think they're two different they're, things. I, well, there was a I think it's a it's either I guess it's a Lutheran church, not a Methodist church. Then, yeah, so never mind. It isn't. So yeah, um, piss somebody off. <laughs> yeah, uh, also, go back to Reverend Thompson. This yeah. is only the second time that we see him in the show, uh, and this is the last time that you see him since you know he does he does retire. Which is uh, the, this episode? Which was the first time we saw him? Uh, we saw him when he was worried about the juice being spilled on the church carpet. Oh, in, there you uh, go. The manger Babies episode, yeah, Meet the Major Babies. I remember that. Uh, and he's voiced again by uh, Maurice LaMarche. Okay, cool. And this is, so. uh, is this the return of Artie with our facts? Uh, yeah, this is some this is some facts from Artie. So we, we got Artie back again. He's nice. got settled down uh, down there in the uh, swamp, the swamplands mm -hmm. of Florida. So yeah, mm -hmm. he's he, he's nestled in. Uh, he's probably upset that I'm not live streaming this one, sure. but I'm live streaming the fun episodes. Uh, the content, this content, you're gonna have to wait for from now on, Artie. Sorry, buddy. We uh, but we, I am gonna start live streaming all the fun episodes yeah. for sure. I just don't the the episodic content is content you gotta wait for. Sorry. Yeah, there there's some changes coming to the show, and they're all positive changes. Like, yeah, for sure. Uh, we are currently building a set so that we can uh, maybe do some video content, things like that. So, yeah, so uh, we can get the, really the YouTube more active it. again. I need to get yeah. all the season two stuff from you so yeah. I can start getting that on the YouTube yeah. as well. Yeah. And then uh, again, see, and then get season three. But I'm so, trying to get all that on there. First Methodist, first Methodist Church. Yeah. Uh, Methodism, also called the Methodist movement, is a group of historically related denominations of Protestant Christianity whose origins, doctrine, and practices derive from the life and teachings of John Wesley. John Wesley. George Whitefield and John's brother Charles Wesley were also significant leaders in the movement. So uh, they were named Methodists for the methodical way in which they carried out their Christian faith. So they're, they're all about um, the practices yeah. and the... The methodology and the—I don't know, know why I always group those with Lutherans. Are, is that like a? Yeah. Are they like a break off of the Lutherans? I think all of them are a break off of Lutherans. Of Lutherans at a certain yeah. point, right? Because isn't he the one that that uh, nailed the doctrines to the Martin to the, Luther? Yeah, yeah he did, on yeah. the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. I guess, there in uh, Germany. So uh, it says uh, Methodism. I think it was Germany. Um, I don't know, originated as a revival movement in the Church of England in the 18th century and became a separate denomination oh. after Wesley's death. The movement spread throughout the British Empire, the United States, and beyond because of vigorous missionary work and today has about 80 million adherents worldwide. So it had nothing to do with the Lutheran Church then. It had to do with the Church of England, which yeah. is another offshoot of Catholicism. Sure. And it was uh, because Catholicism didn't allow divorce. Uh, the King King Henry at the time was looking mm -hmm. for a way out of a marriage you know, instead of beheading one, he was looking for a legal option. <laughs> Just start another. Yeah, yeah. Instead of murder, he was looking for a legal option. So mm -hmm. uh, he created his own religion. That's so that awesome. is the Good official Church of England. Actually, still, that's the official Church of England. But it was uh, just created as a escapism for a king. So I went to firstmethodist.org. 
Uh, and this is actually the website for the First Methodist Church of Baton Rouge. Oh, Baton Rouge. Okay. Uh, they say, uh, these are a few things that they mention here. Scripture, the Holy Bible is our primary source for Christian uh, doctrine. Biblical authors uh, testify to God's self-disclosure in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, as well in God's creation, blah, 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 blah. Uh, tradition, our attempt to understand God does not start anew with each generation or each person. Our faith also does not leap from New Testament times to the present as though nothing could be learned from all the Christian thinkers and preachers in between. We learn from traditions found in many cultures, but Scripture remains norm by which all traditions are judged. So there you go. I mean, that, that you gives go. you a little bit of the First Methodist. Now, there are different kinds of uh, Methodists, but uh, First Methodist is what uh, we were uh, exposed to here. So he is up there and he's also specifically called first. The, yeah. That's like the title. There's well, definitely you different always hear Methodists. First yeah. Baptist Church. There's a for, United Methodist. There's a First Methodist. There's all of that. Yeah. Okay. Because you always hear like First Baptist Church, but yeah. that only means it was the First Baptist Church in the area. Yeah. I just don't, I, <clears throat> I don't understand all that, you know? Um, well, the First Baptist Church in Belmead was the first Baptist church that was ever built in Belmead. So I always okay. thought I was associated First Baptist Church in an area with the area name behind it mm -hmm. was that I was just assumed that was established as the first church in that area. So they are like uh, the originals of the YouTube comment first. Ah, yeah. Right? Is that what that is? <laughs> first, yeah, first. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I watched this first. <laughs> okay, so uh, he's up there speaking to him, and he says, uh, I told that state trooper ignorance of the Lord is no excuse either. That was like came in the middle of a sentence or whatever. Uh, he is up there in his robe at the pulpit. Peggy, uh, sitting in the audience with the, or the congregation with Bobby and Hank, uh, by the way, they are dressed to the nines because oh, when yeah, you go to church, you oh, have Sunday. to dress up. Yeah, you're in your and, Sunday best, right? And, and now that I South, know. That's what we call our Sunday best. Yeah. And, my, and it's not only your Sunday best. It's probably your wedding outfit. Sure. It's probably your weddings. funeral outfit. It's probably yep. uh, your. Job interviews. Your old grandmother. <laughs> you like it's probably your yeah. grandmother's birthday yeah. outfit. High tea. Because yeah. generally for any other birthday, you might be in a backyard just slumped over a fire. Everybody's oh, sure. sitting there just drinking well, around a fire. And you know, in yeah, shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More casual. Well, I mean, this is. We don't see Bobby in a suit very often. When they go out to eat, they dress to the sure. nines too. Sure. When they go, go to, to Sugarfoots, yeah, <laughs> <Ponchos>. or Ponchos, <laughs> yeah, dress to the nines just to go to Sugarfoots. So uh, they are all sitting out there in the pews. Large congregation, by the way. There's a lot of people there. So I'm assuming this is one of the only churches in Arlen. Uh, I'm sure there's Baptists and other things, but uh, they have a large congregation. It looks pretty full. Uh, and Peggy's, re re she says, uh, "Well, that was quick." Hank says, yeah, well, Winston Cup's on at noon, and Reverend Thomason always wraps it up in plenty of time. Now, that was a big deal growing up as a Baptist. Southern Baptist, we get out in time for football. Yeah, football. So, you know, about 1130, everybody's starting to – Oh, they're starting to they're move looking, and look. Yeah, they're looking for the benediction. Where we, yeah, Checking where's, their watches. Where's the end of it at? Yep. Uh, it's like collection plate hadn't even been passed around yet. Starting you know, to take the little flyer and roll it up. Yeah, and, you they're, know, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, getting yeah. antsy, getting looking at their antsy. watches, looking at the clock. Well, you got the clock. I, I, and I noticed that, too. A lot of Baptist churches that I've been to, yeah. uh, somewhere <laughs> in the front, yeah. there is a clock. <laughs> which is nuts. Which is nuts to Because it ought to be a casino. Yeah. You, know, you don't know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not supposed <laughs> to know what time it is. You're supposed to be engrossed <laughs> in right. the Lord. But yeah. when that clock starts getting a little close to noon, you start kind of like, 
our problem, the big game. Our problem always was he'd get us out in time for football, but we didn't have time to go by and pick up the fried chicken before we went home. You know, oh, man. so that was tough. Yeah, that is. And tough. God forbid, you got to choose which one you want. Oh, God forbid, you want to be late for football or do you want chicken? Sure. Yeah. God forbid they have a Sunday lunch. You know, like a potluck, which comes up here in a minute. But uh, oh, we were not happy about the potluck. You know, oh, there better be a TV somewhere in that well, fellowship hall. There wasn't. And, yeah, and, see. and when I was a kid, there wasn't even a VCR. So, I mean, it's not like you could record it. You miss it. You miss it. You missed it. It was you it. Know? You could so, only talk about it. That's right. You couldn't live it. Well, you start hearing it from other people, and you're like, well, shit, you know. Yeah. I didn't even get to see it. Yeah, Damn you, you get, it's like uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, that must have been terrible. It was that rough. Generation, yeah, it man. was rough. It was For tough. that generation, the fear <laughs> of missing out. Like you're literally doing 80 miles an yeah. hour to get home to the TV because if you're not there, you miss it. Think about how much money these guys made, though, because that was, it was the only thing. You know, there was no recording it. There was no replaying it. There was nothing. You either had to be there or it was blacked out yeah. or you had to be at home glued to your TV. Wow. Right yeah. then and there. Just yeah, like the Super crazy. Bowl, you know, that kind of thing now. Well, that's, that's why really... they had the viewerships. Yeah. Cra- that's why oh, now you get sure. that's why now you get people on Twitch with hundred thousands of viewers oh, yeah. and TV channels that could barely pull forty. It's live. Yeah. yeah it's live. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh Reverend Thomason says, uh, and now friends, I'm sad to say that I've decided to retire from Arlen First Methodist. The entire congregation goes, <laughs> I mean, Peggy, just Peggy's joke right here kills me <laughs> because you know, like I I, I uh uh, I went to a Baptist <laughs> church as a kid, and uh, our pastor was actually a younger. He was kind of younger for mm-hmm. what you would, you know, for a mm-hmm. pastor. Uh, this was uh, a church that when he got there, he was like in his late 40s, and he knew he would never leave this church. This is the last because he'd been to a few churches by this point. Sure. But he knew at this point, this is the last church I'll ever be a part of. And he said, oh, this is where I'll end my career kind of thing. Right. So uh, him being youthful and younger. Uh, it was, he was, it, we, he had a different approach. You know, he was the kind of pastor that was out, out there throwing footballs with us and frisbees with us and stuff like that. He wasn't like the old codger that's like, oh, don't have fun. You know, so he was, uh, I don't know. It, it, it was different how, how he approached things. So we, I knew that they worked more than just half a day a week. Yes. I knew that he spent hours reading and Peggy, you know, contemplating. Peggy looks at Hank. Very insulting. When everybody gasps and she goes, what? Retire? The man works half a day a week. I mean, that yeah. is a good joke. Shout out to Brother Terry, though. Yeah. Uh, Reverend Thomas says, Thomason says, after much reflection and soul searching, I've decided that the future of God is on the Internet. Cyberrev.com. Cyberrev.com <laughs> will spread the gospel to every online soul in the world, unless you have AOL. I got a, a request from our fan, yeah. uh, the one that makes the advertisements and stuff. Yes, I, I, I want to talk love about that here in a minute. a Cyberrev.com advertisement. So well, if you're listening, go ahead and get that for us. Since <laughs> you said that. Uh, I went to cyberrev.com. Oh. It's a real thing. Oh, wow. Uh, creator, this is the title of the of the website. Creator is universal kingdom, Yahweh within, not religion. Creator is universal kingdom, Yahweh within, not religion, domination or world, or denomination or world. I don't understand what that says. I don't. I'm not that, sure. You I know, know it's that English. That might be a bad AI uh so mashup. then there's a picture of the, didn't you call that like the Ankh? The cross with a loop on the yeah, top that's, of it. Yeah, that's an onk. And then next to it, you've got uh, one of the, uh, um, what do you call that? The, uh, all 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 the, could, the Sphinx. Yeah, all I could think of was sarcophagus for some reason. So it says, Cyber Rev Nation, the stone, not people, paper, or cro- people, paper, or cross, that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That's Psalms 118.22. Creator Amon Ray Ray is a universal spirit, spirit, cosmic kingdom. 
This is not man-made religion, domination, or world. You're, You're probably on a watch list <laughs> now, is, Mike, for this looking is a that cult. up. This is a cult. It says, uh, this is not man-made religion, denomination, or world. Your spiritual awakening, transformation, power, domination, love, and peace is within. See Proverbs 23.7, Luke 17.21, and Psalms 1. You know what that sounds like? What's An that? SEO readout for like search engine optimization. It, it just sounds like a bunch <laughs> of words like, all look put at together. This. I just want you to look at this picture. Tell me that's not a cult. It's a, it's a young woman. Uh, Mindfulness you discover within. Yeah, that's a cult, dude. That's yeah. You're all, you're gonna start getting stuff in the mail. It's a young woman with her arms just up to the heavens, and she's so happy. And there's just like confetti falling around her for some reason. And it says mindfulness discover you within. And yeah, speaking of cult, uh, it's the 30th anniversary of the famous cult yeah. uh, incident that happened in our town. Sure. Yeah, the uh, the Branch Davidians. Yeah, the Branch um, Davidians. I played uh, pool with uh, one of the lawyers. They called him uh, after the, the wacko after from the Waco. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of videos on this site. One is uh, buried secrets of the Bible. Uh, it looks like they're looking inside the pyramids. This one says the story of Osiris, and then this one picture of the Pope and the globe next to him says uh, all who dwell on the earth will worship him. So I wow papal globalism. It sounds like <laughs> it uh, sounds wonderful. Doesn't yeah, it, it sounds like a cult, <laughs> definitely. So I, you know, I I want you to understand that I am not um, endorsing endorsing any of this. Uh, but if you want to go look at cyberrev.com, I think uh, you need to put a couple of hours aside just so you can see some of this stuff. And a virus protection software. <laughs> yeah, I Make hope sure I start getting stuff. I would love that. Um, okay, so cyberrev.com, uh, he says, it will spread the gospel to every online soul in the world unless you have AOL. Uh, I'll be hosting a potluck dinner on Saturday to welcome your new minister. Now, AOL, did you ever have AOL? I did. I uh, never paid for it. Sure. Because there were so many free, the free discs, discs. Yeah. that uh, eventually the, the time limit, it would just it was just infinite because yeah. there were so many discs. I think we talked about that at one point. I the the one thing that I don't think people realize at this point, or some of the younger listeners don't realize, AOL was a closed system. Yeah, like you would you would dial up to AOL, it would log you in, and then you were within their system and their only network. allowed to see the stuff you could see within AOL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was pretty free and open at that time, sure. anyway, because the internet the, the internet that time was uh, there was no front page, if you will, at the time, other than no. the the browser sure. AOL when you got into it. Other than that, the internet was like unfettered at that time. I think time. about this time, Mozilla may have been starting, you know, but it wasn't yeah. even Firefox yet. It was just nah, Mozilla. It was just Mozilla, you know? yeah. Um, but it, it was a closed system. And so, um, you know, again, you could only see what you could see. And also at this time, and this is super geeky and I'm sorry, a lot of browsers, uh, any of the internet browsers that you would use, they, um, you could only see pages that were formatted for that browser. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the formatting wasn't universal. There no. was like, you know, universal language, yeah. whoever, whatever you were designing your, whenever you designed your website, well, you had like, to design it to the browser yeah. you wanted to be seen on. Yeah. Uh, or you had to come up with, or you had to design enough uh, you know, if there's five browsers, you would have to design five different websites it was, as it would work. It was for before each browser, international. As as yeah, it's before international HTML standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's why he says uh, unless you have AOL, uh, Hank re Hank responds and says the new guy better like sports. Uh, and then the Reverend says Reverend Karen Stroop, and the entire congregation once again. <gasps> a and, woman. And Hank yeah. says a woman. And now we transition into the alley with all four guys, Dale, Bill, 
uh, Hank and Boomhauer this all is, stand. This in is there. a pretty good joke too. <laughs> yeah. the, the whole this whole uh, this whole opening right here, this whole oh, yeah. little setup is just great. This whole joke. So uh, Dale is the first one to speak up. He says, so it's up and running the secret lab in the basement of the Harvard Divinity School where they ordain yeah, women surgically. surgically. <laughs> ordain surgically. Yeah. <laughs> Hank says, uh, the Pebble Beach Celebrity <laughs> Golf Pro-Am is this Sunday. If the gal's sermon runs, gal, if the gal's sermon runs late, you know how women like to talk. We're going to miss Matt Lauer's opening drive. You know, it's funny. Is it, is, is it Matt Lauer, the one that recently had the scandal? Matt Lauer is the one that... Uh, he, he got would, caught with his underwear down or well, something. Well, people would walk into his office. He'd hit a button behind his desk, and uh, uh, the door would lock, and then he'd start pulling out dildos. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not great, Matt Lauer. Wow. Uh, so uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am is what it's known as now. Uh, the event was originally known as the Bing Crosby National Pro Amateur, or just the Crosby Clambake. <laughs> Sounds creepy. Sounds uh, wild, yeah. After Crosby's death, I don't know where the hell they come up with these names. <laughs> after Crosby's death in 1977, the tournament was hosted by his family for eight years. The Crosby name was dropped after the 1985 event, and the AT&T Corporation became the title sponsor in 1986. One of the most exciting events on the PGA Tour, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro Am, is consisted or contested annually in front of thousands of spectators and millions of television viewers. On three of the Monterey Peninsula's premier golf courses, Pebble Beach Golf Link, Spyglass Hill Golf Course, and Monterey Peninsula Country Club Shore Course. Good God. Monterey Peninsula Country Club Shore Course. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Holy shit. Yeah, I, uh, this, is, this is where I guess golf was not a conversation that I remember hearing a lot of when it was a sports conversation. This must be no. definitely... Restricted to certain suburban areas. Late late seventies, early eighties, when there was no football on TV, and, and I, my father in law is still like this, and he's eighty something. But he um he'll just turn on golf and fall asleep in front of it. You know, oh, it's just a nap piece. It. It, it really is. is. It's yeah. just calming. Oh, I'm it's for uh, uh, yeah, to, yeah, to guys yeah, like yeah. Hank. This is sports light. Sports you know, light, I mean, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's same as baseball. It's like, a sports it, it, to them. He would rather watch sports than oh, sure. have to watch anything else. Yeah, I, it, I understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're in the alley, and, and Dale is uh, con concerned that they are uh, surgically ordaining women in the Harvard Divinity School. Um, Hank says they're going to miss the celebrity pro-am. They used to get celebrities to participate in it. Now I think it's famous golfers and stuff. Yeah, well... Golfers are now celebrities. Sure. You know what I mean, yeah. uh, I don't know if Tiger that Woods was, did that. Uh, back then, I guess you would only get like Jack one or two. You, I mean, that's the thing. You would get like the Jack Nick and then Arnold Palmer yeah. and then Tiger Woods. When I was a kid, I didn't know any other Trevino. golfer's name uh, other than Tiger Woods. Yeah. But now, I guess it's with just the internet and how you're able to, people are able to be in their niche bubble. Like it, it creates more like followers to certain oh, sure. sports and things like that. Like NASCAR now, yeah. you go to a NASCAR race, there, oh. there's it's like all walks of life are watching NASCAR now. Mm -hmm. Well, and that F one, F one, F one too, F one racing know, used those... to be a certain just set of people. Now it's so a lot huge. Of, they they do it in Austin and everything. You know, a lot it's crazy. of stuff on Netflix about it. The series there, I think that yeah. grew its popularity and things. It's just the media and the way we consume it now. Yeah, it it does it like it creates these niches that people could like make entire livings off of these niches now. Yeah. Whereas before it was a lot harder to do. So Bill in response to this says, 
you know what I think? I think God sent a female minister here to punish me. Uh, first single gal to move to Ireland in years, and she's forbidden to marry. Hank says, uh, Bill, ministers can marry. He's oh, <laughs> thank you, God. <laughs> like yeah, he's, he's, he's just any single woman. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's weird. Dale uh, says, uh, wait till Cotton finds out about this female man of God. Female man of Almost God. Almost hesitate to fax it to him. <laughs> Almost hesitate to fax <laughs> and it. And even, even then, I guess faxing was big, but oh. I don't know. When I was a kid, faxing was something that, again, it was it was at the end of the faxing sure. lifespan. Even though they still do fax some things, I'm sorry, the fax well, is still used. Faxes, beepers, all of that kind of stuff. It, it was, was like at the, the end time. of that, yeah. Well, beepers, I think, died a lot harder and faster than faxes. Because they're still using faxes. Every once in a while, I'll see somebody pull out a pager. Today? It's it's nuts. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's usually, like, there's still some doctors that carry them. Oh, I could see a doctor carrying one. Why wouldn't you carry a phone? Well, even if you carry a... Well, I think a doctor, even if you carry a phone, the beeper just is... I don't know. It's because it, you you might be in an area that's sensitive that's to true. a phone. Maybe you don't get phone service. Because yeah, well, not could be. maybe not getting cell phone service. But uh, there's a lot more stuff nowadays. There's a lot more technology that blows off your phone. RFC yeah. or, or uh, yeah, RFC rear, rear field communication or whatever. Mm-hmm. The uh, NFC, not RFC, NFC, NFC near, near field, field communication, communication yeah. and all that stuff. So I guess that stuff might tamper with the medical equipment whereas a regular beeper is just you know what a radio signal i think that's all they use it was literally i think so I, I think it was literally I, just radio like the radio waves like we listen to the radio yeah. i think it was just radio signals yeah i think it's part of that whole uh yeah. fm spectrum or i think whatever. that's what it was yeah so uh um <laughs> he says i almost hesitate to fax it to him hank says that's not gonna happen dale i told you to stop sending my dad the gribble report the Gribble Report. I would love a copy of The Gribble Report if somebody wants to put that together. That'd be funny. Uh, Dale says, you tell me a lot of things, Well, Hank. that could be the name of the newsletter That's that we right. need to start. He says, <laughs> yeah. uh, you tell me a lot of things, Hank, most of which I publish. Uh, we are now in the church basement. Uh, it's nighttime. Everybody's gathered there to meet the new reverend. Now, if you'll notice the dress of people here, way more casual. Way right? more casual. Because this Saturday. is a potluck, you know? A group of parishioners uh, all handling pink solo cups, which I thought was weird. Um, In Texas, what you would see, though, I I think a lot of, like, the dress would be uh, a lot of plaid Mm -hmm. or, you know, like the crosshatch pattern. Either that or you have have the the untucked, uh, or not untucked, the tucked-in short-sleeve dress shirt. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that guys. too. And yeah. then the Sun feed store baseball cap. Yeah, it could be. It would be like the feed store I, or I the, or your kid's baseball team. I would have gotten socked in the face had I wore a hat inside a church, though. That just wasn't something you did. Yeah, actually, I remember there was a point of contention with me when I was a teenager, and one of the problems I had was there was an old – it was an old World War II vet, and uh, he just uh, – he oh, kept yeah. – bugging me about my hat and i told him i was like well would you rather me be here in church or out there in the doing yep. drugs in the street sure. i was like i'm gonna wear my hat <laughs> and he just like he just left me alone yeah. after that yeah but, no he thought yeah. you were you were uh spitting in the face of god that's what he said yeah that's that's uh, pretty much what it, he says disrespectful <laughs> to have a hat on in church and i said where does it say that in the bible show me i love it couldn't show you no. so yeah because it doesn't say it anywhere i love uh the fact that the basement here is all that wood paneling that dark wood paneling you know 70s Type yeah. Of yeah, yeah, and then yeah. there's a big banner in the back that says "Welcome uh, for the new for the new person coming in." That's what churches still look like in Texas. Sure, everyone <laughs> is bringing in a dish because this is a potluck. Uh, do you have experiences with potluck, uh, Rusty? Yeah, I do have experiences with potlucks. A lot of casseroles, 
hot casseroles, and then you've even got cold casseroles. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the pea green salads, salad. the green bean salads. Mm. Uh, the pea salad. The pea salad. Ugh. You've ever seen the pea salad? Brody. I don't. I don't like. You don't peas. do the pea salad. Peas well, are like little people that explode in your mouth. I, I like, like peas. It. I like green beans. Mm. I don't I like, like them cold in salads. No. No. I don't like mayonnaise slathered foods. Oh, I like. I love me some mayonnaise. But not I just slathered. Eat some mayonnaise right out of the jar. Well, <laughs> I, I like mayonnaise too. Don't I get me it, wrong. I love I call mayonnaise. Call it aioli and hold my pinky up so I'm fancy. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> there you go. I mean, I like I like uh, egg aioli too. Yeah, but uh, I, I I don't like cold slathered mayonnaise yeah. foods like the potato salads. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's got to be hot. I do like a warm German potato salad. That's pretty damn good. I like all food hot. I just yeah. like cold food is a salad. I like a cold Boiled salad. Boiled ice cream. Uh, yeah, boiled ice cream. <laughs> Call, what's that? In that milk, boiled milk, boiled <laughs> cream. Just boiled milk. Yeah. yeah. yeah you so just I mean, that I, right I just, baby. I think like like the like the lutefisk <laughs> is not something you would see me eating because it's not served hot. Lutefisk is weird. It is weird, and we'll get cold. To it here in just anything a cold, I'm just not real. I don't know. I like hot foods. Yeah. I like warm food. Sure. I don't like the. I guess it might even be a like a. Uh, a temperature aversion thing when it comes to food. Like I do like cold, cold food to me. No, not even that. I don't See, even like that. I, I like, like to cold, heat everything up. I like cold pizza just because I, it, it almost changes in consistency. Um, but I like cold, thin crust pizza. I don't want that hard-ass oh, cold, yeah, cold crust. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's a, it's a temperature aversion, I guess. It, I get it. Like food, it, to me, sure. is meant to be warm. Sure. Unless you're eating a bowl of cereal or something like that. Like, yeah. Who eats cold cold grits? You know what I mean. You yeah, know, I don't like, want any cold grits. I want warm grits. I don't even want grits. I want grits. I want, with I want sugar warm. In them too. By a little way. sugar. Uh, okay, so gotta be warm. Potluck. Potluck. Uh, we had a ton of potlucks being yeah. in Southern Baptist. Um, yeah, we used to have one like when it wasn't football season. Yeah. It was like every Sunday there was yeah. a fellowship hall. Everybody was eating. So the 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 as as a fat kid, the uh, <clears throat> the thing I always look forward to were the variations on fried chicken. So as Baptists, uh, Southern Baptists especially, lots of fried chicken lots. at these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you'd get the churches because that's all we had at the time. We had churches. Yeah. And then maybe some weird one like like gyms. But out that there was by before you, the com- that was like know? before like churches were extremely commercialized though, wasn't it? Well, I mean, no, like, no, no, it was no. still good. Decent, churches was like, like the number one chicken place. Yeah. At, nobody would ever bring KFC because it was too expensive. Um, oh, but, KFC used to be high end. Oh, you know, it's yeah. funny we mentioned KFC. I've been in correspondence with a, uh, a great bot. nephew of <laughs> yeah, Colonel yeah, yeah, Sanders. You were me, yeah. and I'm trying to get him on the show. So if he's he actually listens to us, I man, would we'd love, love to that. have you on. Yeah, yeah. I'd love that. Got to tell his story because he's got oh. a lot of beef with the KFC. Beef. There's a lot of it that he he kind of because he got he does sure like he does. the. Uh, uh, the history and stuff on well, his Harlan, page. Harlan so. Sanders hated KFC. Yeah, he yeah, hated yeah. it. He said it tasted like Oh, he did like everything crap. he could. He did and everything he could. Yeah. Gravy was like wallpaper paste. I mean, so he would come a, in uh, and just yell at people. Well, there's another family. The part of the family that still exists that still makes mm-hmm. chicken is called Lee's Famous Chip Fried oh, really? Chicken or something. I think oh, it's a cool. Lee's Fried Chicken or something like that. But yeah. That's like a part of the... They're the he is the cousin who made the blends of herbs and spices oh. that KFC would go to use. He started his own chicken joint, yeah. and then you know they kind of. There, there's a lot of good. Uh, I like the pressure. A fried good dr- chicken. drama I, and rivalry around it. Yeah, I like the pressure fried chicken. I think that it does give it a lot more taste and stuff. Oh yeah, well not only that, the guy was like, just think about the innovation. 
you were like, well, I don't like all the, the, the solutions that are, mm -hmm. I don't like everything that exists right now for this product. Yeah. So I'm going to make something. Yeah. And he went and made him a pressure cooker. Yeah. Not only did he make a cooker, he made it industrial. He, it, it was industrial. And he was using what is considered one of the dangerous, most dangerous methods of cooking. Oh, sure. Pressure. Pressure so, with hot grease. With hot grease. Yeah, that. that's amazing. So he, uh, yeah, no, it's just, just the innovation. No, I, the, I think that's the, crazy too. The Sanders story is, is pretty amazing whenever you, whenever you listen to it. Yeah. He said there's one coming out, but it's not going to tell all the true stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I, you know, like the founder. Have you ever seen that movie with Michael? Keaton? That was good. It's a good movie, a good right? Movie. I it, wonder how much of the factual it, is. Good. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I think it does cover a lot of the stuff because I I know a lot about those the fast origins. Food history, yeah. yeah, fast food origins to me are amazing. Uh, that mascots stuff like that. I love that. Yeah, kind it's, of stuff. it's great. But um, anyway, we would get the variations on fried chicken. So we'd get a lot of the churches. We'd get some of maybe gems or something, you know, out there in Belmead. Oh, that's good um, stuff still. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, and then you'd get the homemade fried chicken. Oh, those that was a whole good. different animal for me. It is. It is a different whole animal because everybody has their... their it, some of it was good and some of it was terrible. Yeah, some of it was good, some of it's terrible. But the get thing that I liked leg. about it is Oof. the good stuff, it would all vary. Because nobody made the batter the same way. Yeah. Nobody used yeah. the same grease. Right. And, uh, you know, it's always the old lady would always say when you're going to grab it, oh, that's my grandmother's mm -hmm, recipe. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these old ladies, their grandmother showed them how to make it. And it's just I like the variances in the in the in the breading because oh, some yeah. some of it would be soft, soft, crunchy. Some would be crunchy. Some mm -hmm. of it would be have a little spice in to between. it. Some yeah. of them you might get a little garlic and uh, get a little garlicky flavor. I would always heat. get I mean, I'd oh, always get great. like three or four pieces and I'd get one from each, you you know, just to just to because it was it was like eating a whole different thing. So all these people are coming in with these dishes, uh, and we hear we see Peggy talking to Bobby, and she goes, "Now, Bobby, honey, let's try to make Reverend Stroop feel very welcome, okay? Some people they just cannot accept women in positions of real authority." I remember my first day as a fourth grade substitute teacher, and then it starts to pan over to the four guys leaning on the wall. Now they don't have beer, which I was happy about, uh, but they do have the solo cups, and uh, Bill is wearing his entire uniform. Um, you see Reverend Stroop start to come in, and he says, look, there she is. I'm a successful tire distributor. Back me up. Then he yeah. licks his hands and, and slicks down slicks his hair. His hair I back. have never thought that such a thing was gross. That's nasty, That's yeah. super gross. He's a spit to... Well, it's like ugh. doing your eyebrows or, God forbid, an old lady doing it to a kid or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Ugh. Gross. Uh, and so... Peggy, or Bill. 65-year-old hot breath just <laughs> rubbed all over your cheeks. He sees, uh, he sees Reverend Stroop come in. He does a beeline over there. He's going to be the first one to talk to her. Peggy steps right in front of him and says, well, hello, Reverend. Uh, and Bill just, you know, he's kind of slinks away. She goes, I am Peggy Hill, and this is Peggy Hill's Frito Pie. It is a traditional Texas recipe that I found on the bag of a Fritos. <laughs> I love that joke. I also. like that joke, too. She found it on the bag she, of Fritos. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with most of her recipes that she uses is she found them on the back of a bag of something. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so Reverend Stroop, we hear her talk for the first time. She goes, well, Peggy Hill, Peggy Hill, Peggy Hill, Peggy Hill. And she puts her fingers to her forehead as she's saying it. And this can only be, and it's never really referenced, but it's a way for her to remember people's names, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Peggy no, looks at her like she's a freaking Martian when she does this. Which it is kind of, I mean, it's, I mean, it's weird when people do stuff like that. Well, but, if you uh, don't know it's coming, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of neurodivergent people and stuff do that kind of stuff because it helps them. Uh, I do it in my head mentally because it does. It helps me remember a name to a face. Because sure. 
if I if you say your name to me once and that's the only time that I I, I hear your name and I don't talk to you again for you know another Year. you know few days yeah. or whatever it is unless I'm I have repetition of your name and your face together it's I'll I'll forget who you are. So she says to Peggy, "Good, you're in for a real treat. I prepared a little taste of Minnesota called lutefisk." It's a Scandinavian delicacy made by baking codfish in a solution of lye until the bones become gelatinous. Yeah, and uh, thanks to Arthur, uh, he has told us here that that is Mary Tyler Moore's voice. Oh, wow. There we go. Mary so, Tyler Moore, what a what a talented <coughs> individual. Yeah, she had the uh, Mary Tyler Moore show where she was a, uh, a newsroom producer at a TV station Well, before in that, Minnesota. she was on Dick Van Dyke. Um, yeah, she was on Dick Van Dyke. That was in... Um, uh, New Rochelle, New York, and then she went to Minnesota where she was the reporter there. Yep. And then she had a show just called Mary, I think. Anyway, she has this. And you know what's even crazier career. about that? That's the David Letterman connection again. Oh yeah. David Letterman yeah. was a part of uh, oh, Mary absolutely. Tyler Moore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 Okay. She's part of the variety show or whatever she's that she had. Was that it? Mary Tyler Moore? Or is that Carol Burnett? It's something to do with both. Those those confuse me sometimes. Like he had something to do with both up. because I was I just think. sitting here thinking. Pretty sure. Oh, Mary Tyler Moore. She was in uh, Better Call Saul. This like no, 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 no. That's Carol Burnett. So uh, yeah, those oh, confuse yeah, yeah. me sometimes. I think he had part. I think he had something to do with both. Honestly. All right, let's talk about Lutefisk real quick. All right, let's get the Lutefisk. Uh, Lutefisk out the way. Pronounced Lutefisk uh, uh, in northern and parts of central Norway. In southern Norway, it's anyway. It gives all the pr- pronunciations. It's made from aged stockfish, air dried whitefish. That already sounds gross. You're air drying yes. your fish. Sounds gross. Uh, or dried salted cod cured in lye, which is frightening. Um, it is gelatinous in texture after being rehydrated for days prior to eating. Lutefisk is prepared in a seafood dish of several is a prepared seafood dish in several Nordic countries. It is traditionally part of the Christmas feast Norwegian juleboard and Swedish juleboard, as well as the similar Finnish julapalapurkakabaka. Um, it is preserved fish provided, uh, or preserved fish provided protein for generations in part of the world with strong fishing traditions, not known when people first started treating dried fish with lye. The reason was probably that the lack of major salt deposits in the area favored the drying process for the preservation of whitefish, a process known for millennia. So, uh, is it lye like <laughs> fat? Lye's rough. Is it um, just like pig fat? I don't think so. Some type of fat or something? I don't know what lie is, uh, to be honest with you. But I know that one of the things I looked up as I was as I was preparing these notes, it said uh, lie, the uh, the chemical that a lot of serial killers use to break up bodies. <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. Okay, um, it is a strong alkaline liquor rich in potassium carbonate leached from the ashes of wood. Okay. So it's a caustic is what it is. It's a solid caustic. A Nordic specialty still enjoyed today throughout Norway, Sweden, and parts of Finland. The lutefisk uh, is, as its name suggests, fish soaked in lye, caustic soda. Typically made with dried or salted whitefish, often cod or ling, the fish is coated in water and lye for a few days until it swells up and takes on a gelatinous jelly-like consistency. 
Yum. Yeah, well, apparently that lye, as far as the food goes, uh, it's used to can mandarin oranges, hominy. Uh, there's something called lye rolls. Mm. Uh, have you ever heard of a century lye egg? Rolls. Mm. Have you ever heard of a century egg? Mm. It's the, the hundred-year-old uh, hundred egg? yeah. eggs or whatever. Uh, pretzels, bagels, they use it to uh, tenderize. Uh, there's these things that are, it's a Cantonese dish called mooncakes. Yeah, so I've heard of those. it's used in uh, all kinds of food. And it's not just, and, it, and it's a lot of places that use it too. You know, it's used just, in the uh, Philippines. I'm not crazy about East India. I'm not crazy about any food that in its description uses the word swells up and gelatinous. Those two words shouldn't be yeah, used. Yeah, no, no. Well, and stuff that's used to clean stuff too. You yeah. know, it just doesn't sound too good. But it's uh, it's not damaging well, it, to it, the human being. It also so. leaves all the bones in there because they become gelatinous as well, which is freaking nuts. Well, I wonder. Well, that's the thing is, is whenever you're you're actually eating uh, animals and stuff like that, there is a lot of nutrients and stuff in the marrow. Sure. So that probably has something My to do with My great-grandmother used to uh, break those bones open and suck it out. Oh, I still do that with chicken. I do that with all kinds really? of all kinds of bones. I love bone marrow, yeah. But uh, particularly with uh, uh, this uh, lutefisk and stuff like that, I wonder if that had something to do with maybe some of the content of, uh, like, you know, because it was, it was Nordic, and a lot of Nordic Scandinavians settled in a climate that was similar to the one they left mm -hmm. so you know it's heavy scandinavian communities well in I'm minnesota so i wonder if it it was like a nutritional thing like they got more nutritional value out of it when all the bones and everything were all you know mixed well, from, into it from what i understand they were they were lacking in salt in the region and so they needed something that would break it down like salt would you know, they used to pack things in salt, dry them out, and then knock yeah, the salt off. Yeah, there's probably no salt it. where they were at. Yeah, yeah because where they were at was uh, was that there wasn't any uh, recent oceans to have had major salt deposits. Like Texas has a lot of salt. Sure. You know, there's a lot of salt deposits and stuff like that, and limestone and stuff like that. It says by the time it turns gelatinous and jelly-like uh, that the caustic pH value of 11 or 12 is achieved and therefore is inedible and highly toxic. Uh, adventurous foodies need not despair, though. A few more days of treatment and water soaking renders the fish safe for human consumption, assuming it's undertaken correctly, that is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. The lye content will still ruin silverware and leave irremovable residue on pans or plates unless cleaned immediately. And that's not to mention the strong, unpleasant smell or soap-like taste. Yum! Wow. That all sounds fantastic. Uh, just as a quick fact about salt yep. in Texas. Sure. Uh, there's a place called Grand Saline, Texas. It sits Grand at the top Saline. of the largest and purest salt dome in the United States. The company Morton Salt has been mining it since 1931. Morton Salt, huh? Yep. And huh. Uh, they have done seismic tests, and they have shown that the dome descends to a depth of, of some 20,000 feet. Wow. So they've been mining it since 1931, and there's still some 20,000 feet of salt there. So there Holy you go. Holy crap. So when she takes the lid off of this thing, there's obviously a terrible smell that comes out of it because all of the kids make a face. I mean, it stinks yeah, to hell. It stinks. Well, I've uh, I've I've got a, I had a Korean uncle. He's passed away now, but we used to go to Korean. Uh, mm -hmm. I used to go to his the church, the Korean church yeah. uh, here in town, and uh, they had kimchi. And it mm. would smell. It was rotted cabbage. It's pretty like much what kimchi. it is. Rotted fermented cabbage. Yeah. But it stinks like high hell. Yeah. It can smell good. Yeah, it can. The, be the best kimchi oh, sure. stinks the worst. It's some, what, of the, you know, so, some of the like, best food stinks terribly. Like, yeah. like stinky cheese is pretty good. 
Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'll even cut like the mold off of cheese and eat the middle of it because mm. I don't like to. I don't like to waste it. I just eat the mold. It's like it ate no, and the cheese. All right, so uh, it stinks. All the kids make a face. Peggy uh, is kind of taken aback. She's like, oh, dear God. And so she says, oh, what, honey? Oh, okay, we'll be right there. Oh, my husband is dying to meet you. So she is, once again, this is shitty Peggy, just Do passing, Southern thing, passing yeah. her off to his to her husband. Uh, they walk. She walks her over to Hank, uh, and then you see Bobby over there by the Lutefisk, and he uh, kind of does a look around, grabs a spoon, and takes a bite. Then we're back over to um, Reverend Stroop and Peggy, and she goes, Hank Hill, Hank Hill, Hank Hill. Good. She's got her fingers to her head again, you know, trying to remember his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, He's got that bewildered look on his face again. He says, so, uh, your first sermon tomorrow. <laughs> you nervous? She goes, yeah, a little. He goes, me too. You see, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am is on at 1.30, and my VCR doesn't always work. <laughs> oh, that could be a problem, she says. The quarterback challenge is on at 1.15. Don't want to miss that. Hank, of course, being surprised, a woman likes sports. He says, uh, you're a football fan? She says, let's just say between God and the Vikings, Sunday's not my day of rest. And they, both, <laughs> they both have a good chuckle. And he goes, well, you might be right. Uh, he goes, uh, seriously, though, how you fix for propane? So always selling, Hank. Good job. He's always, always selling, selling propane. We go back to Bobby. He is now taking the entire lutefisk, and he is under the table. Um, which spooning it. Yeah, he's he just spooning spoon it right into his himself. mouth. Just yeah. by, he's just gobbling this sucker down. And he, and he, he stops for a second and goes, this stuff stinks, and then goes back to eating it again. Goes back to eating it. We're back at Reverend Stroop. She goes, um, she. when I found out I'd been assigned to a little church in Texas, I was worried. A lot of female ministers don't last too long down here. This is back in church. Oh, no, she's talking to Hank. Hank says, uh, yeah, it gets pretty hot in the summer. She says, she says, Hank, let me ask you something. Do you like fish? Only catching them, cutting them, and eating them. Or gutting them. Sorry, not cutting them. Uh, Stroop says, just a taste, Hank. She goes to the table. Uh, we cut to Bobby again. He's under the table. He is now licking the spoon. He has eaten the entire thing. Oh, he's scuffed. He's now, scarfed it all down. He's eaten the whole thing. Insane. And I want you to listen to this next line. She says, and we're we're hearing this from Bobby's uh, point of view under the table, under the tablecloth, the whole thing. He's hiding with this empty dish and a spoon in his hand. And you hear her say, "I want everyone in the congregation to have some lutefisk, and I only made enough for thirty. For the 30. boy finished off." 30 people's worth of lutefisk. That's, <laughs> That's a, a lot, lot of, of lutefisk. So she goes, my lutefisk. Where's my lutefisk? I put it right here in between the Frito pie and the Frito pie. <laughs> she goes, has anyone seen it? Bobby, hearing this, oh, crap. He's very worried now. You hear everyone starting to mumble. Uh, Dale, maybe you put it in the dessert table next to my lemon bars. She goes, well, it's not here. You see Bobby's hand come up from under the table while everybody's over on the other side looking, and he, he you see him throw the plate in the trash, which, which rough move, Bobby. Um, that boy ain't right. That's right. Good job. He, well, that's uh, the thing is, is when he th this whole scene was kind of weird to me, uh, the throw it in the trash part. Yeah. Uh, and then whenever they go to look for it, here in a second yeah like why wouldn't there be food like <laughs> if you threw away a container there would have been a bunch of food in there too like well, it, you would have noticed well we'll see something here in just a second yeah uh he then sneaks away uh you hear reverend can everyone help me look uh bill standing next to the trash can in his uniform looking dumpy as hell i found it 
Uh, he gets the plate out of the trash, and again, like you just said, there's a whole bunch of trash that falls off of it right onto him, but he's still got that big old dumb He's got like a piece smile. of trash on his face oh, and everything that's like sliding down his now. face. Yeah, He's in love. Uh, he is in love, yeah. Uh, it, well, I wouldn't call it love, but yeah, he's, he's in something. He's, in, he's infatuated with any woman who might look at him. Uh, and, and some that don't. You hear Reverend Stroop go, did anyone get to try some? Someone just threw it out? Bill goes, that's right. I found it in the trash. Like, like it's so yeah, big I mean, he's still got trash he, on his face, though. I found it in the trash. Yeah. Uh, and you see a sad Reverend Stroop, and it's rough. So now we're in the truck with uh, uh, Hank, Peggy, and uh, Bobby, and they're headed home, and Peggy is talking about what just happened. She goes, oh, poor Reverend Stroop, huh? Just seeing how much people enjoyed my Frito, Frito pie must have, well, it must have been salt in her wounds. Damn it, Peggy, it's not all about you. It's not always about Peggy. She's trying to make <laughs> everything about her all way. Just you. like she steals. Who who looks at a bag of Frito-Lays, takes the recipe off the back of it, and says, oh, well, I'm going to call this Peggy's. Mm-hmm. Just because you make it doesn't mean it is Peggy's Frito-Pie. Well, it's uh, Frito-Lays recipe for Frito-Pie. We also Peggy's. found out that there were more than one Frito-Pie. But she's assuming that hers is the best. Have you ever had uh, like one of like a, a street taco place? Oh yeah, where and they then just the where bag. they open the bag of oh, Fritos yeah. and they just stuff all of everything inside shit. of it. Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. It's good stuff, man. Walking tacos, what they call it? They yeah, call the it walking, walking taco. taco. They do it bad. They would do it with Doritos and shit too. Oh yeah, uh, it's really good with the uh, you get the spicy nacho Doritos uh-huh. and crush it up and then uh-huh. put chili cheese and sour cream or whatever the hell See, else you want to put in there. Pico I think it's gallo. good too, but I like it with the Fritos because the Fritos are a little heartier. Like they they stay crunchier longer. Yeah, their you know? their uh, their consistency is mm-hmm. thicker, so they mm-hmm. and, and they're not as absorbed. They don't up. absorb a lot of the moisture as fast. And I will say, I'm going to go on record as saying one of the greatest inventions of all time are Frito scoops. Uh, to oh make, yeah, to make a Frito larger. Scooby snacks is what my dad calls them. <laughs> Scooby it. snacks. To make it make a Frito larger and make it where you can scoop dip on it. Oh, oh bean dip wonderful. too. My dad like bean dip and the the Jalapeno Frito scoops. Fr- bean dip. I remember mm-hmm. when the scoops came mm-hmm. out, Scooby Snacks. That's what he called. Yeah. That's what my mom's sure. like, do you want some Scooby Snacks? And that's why she'll go get them is those scoops in the that's bean dip. Yeah. So uh, she's talking about how uh, it must have been salt in her wounds because her Frito pie was the best. Hank says uh, it's sort of an odd way to attack a gal, gal, to throw out her favorite fish. Uh, and she says, mm-hmm, but I doubt there's anything that could have hurt that woman more. Uh, Bobby just looks worried and sick. We're now uh, at the Hill well, Peggy's House. Peggy's being kind of facetious, oh, too. Oh, come on. I Peggy. doubt there's anything that could hurt that woman more. Threw out her favorite fish. I am all. Uh, she's just poking the bear, I man, for no reason. super on the side of anybody saying Peggy's a turd. Because yeah, definitely for this. She proves it two or three times here. Uh, we're back at the Hill House, and Bobby is trying to get his pants on, but they don't fit well. No, he's, uh, he's sitting there. Well, yeah, you he's hear a lot stomach, of noise. Yeah, you hear his stomach just grumbling. He's getting ready to go to church. You hear Hank say, let's go. If we get to church late, we'll have to park in the dirt lot. And then uh, uh, Peggy, I mean, uh, Bobby is finally ready, and he grabs the Pepto-Bismol and heads out the door. We're now. Yeah, he's like, he takes a swig off it. <laughs> Doesn't even measure it out to no, take the proper dose. He that's just, the way I do it. Yeah, you just take a pull off it. Well, I, like, as I've gotten older, uh, I feel like it's facetious to sit there and weigh measure up. Measure it out. And measure it out, because yeah. I'm only going to take it once that day. I'm never going to remember to tell. Not, not, not just not remember. Right. There's no point in the day where I'll have access to liquid no. ibuprofen again no. throughout the day, because I'll be working or too busy. ibuprofen, is it? Uh, pretty much. Pepto-Bismol? Uh, not Pepto-Bismol. I'm 
just talking oh. about any medication oh, gotcha. that's in a bottle well, that's over the counter. I would just like, you know, I got a headache, NyQuil. All right, you just take a pull off the NyQuil bottle. You don't sit there, I don't sit there well, and measure it up, you know. See, I measure everything up with the exception of stuff like Pepto now because I almost died that time off the codeine. Ah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm he a was little more careful about it. Yeah, <laughs> a little more careful, careful about it, yeah. He was on that promethazine no, with codeine, the I scissor. Wasn't doing that. Uh, so we're back at church. Uh, Luann is now with us, um, and uh, uh, Reverend Stroop is up talking. She goes, uh, I met y'all last night, and she really struggles to say y'all. You know, being from yeah. Minnesota, this is not something she said. She goes, I know you're good, decent people. Uh, I'm not going to judge the whole town based on the sins of one lost soul. Then it cuts to Bobby, and you just hear his stomach. Yeah, his stomach's growling. Yeah, it's just nasty. Back to the Reverend. Yeah. I'm not even going to judge that one person because I still don't know who it is. Bobby just looks guilty and sick. Uh, she is just kind of staring out at the congregation. She goes, well, it's worth a shot. I guess she was willing. <laughs> she was looking for somebody to stand up in the middle of that and go, oh, I'm sorry, I ate all your fish. Yeah. She goes, please open your Bibles to Mark 6, 41. And the two fishes divided he among them all, and they did eat and were filled. And Bobby is just, his stomach is killing him at this point. It's gurgling. She goes, uh, and they took up 12 baskets full of the, and then you see Bobby, he kicks one of his shoes under uh, the, the pew. Yeah, under like the kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. well, I don't, I don't know particularly about Methodist pews, but there were some churches that I've been to where they have the deal that kind of drops down yeah, in Catholic. front of you yeah. to put your knees on or whatever. Yeah. Well, I've seen that in a Baptist church too. Well, I think what it was, it was in a, uh, well, the Baptist church had the main sanctuary. Well, they beat the, beat but the, the it was Catholics out of the church. Well, what I think over. it was is I think it was, uh, when the church was originally built, it was built in, in uh, uh, cooperation with the Hispanic community okay. as well. So they had the Protestant part, which sure. was like the main big, huge chapel. And then they had like this small little chapel to the side. And in the small chapel, they would sometimes have uh, meetings inside of there with like for youth group meetings and stuff. Sure. But they had the drop down kneel things. So I think that was where the uh, the Hispanic population got to go and do their uh, their Catholic church in the neighborhood. I think that's what that was for because I knew there was a, a Catholic church that ran out of that church. Uh, for a short, it wasn't like for a really long time, but I remember uh, the history of the church or whatever. They had said that that's what its original intention was for, was so that the Hispanic community had a place sure. to go with inside of the community. So she is reciting the 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 verse about the loaves and the fishes. He kicks a shoe under the under the pew and he goes, "Mom, uh, I left a shoe in the car," which I guess is a thing he's done before. Uh, he gets up to leave and starts. Yeah, which waddling. is really odd. Like, <laughs> yeah. why didn't he just say, "I'm going to the restroom"? He like, starts waddling off to the bathroom. Well, he's guilty. He's thinking that something's going to get him. Uh, and then Stroop, she goes, uh, "All right, let's pray." And then all the heads are bowed, and boom, in comes Cotton Hill, waddling through the front doors. And Cotton looks at Hank and goes, "What did I miss? She did a dance yet?" Uh, and Peggy's like, "How did he find out about this?" Talking to Hank. And then you see Dale, who does have his hat on in church, going, Psst, Colonel, I saved you a seat. 
Yeah, I saved then, him a seat. Yeah. And then she pick, he picks up the fake ice cream on the pew, and he goes to sit right that's next funny, to That's funny, yeah. Why, I mean, again, you know, just some of these gags are really funny. I think because that's so out of place. Like, nobody would do that in church. All you have to do is say, this is my grandpa's seat, and the, just they're, they're going to sit somewhere there. else. Just yeah. put your, or put, put your, your flyer, flyer or, put, or set your Bible, yeah, or, anything, or you get the hymnal. Anything. That was my favorite one is they would grab the, 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 the old p- person would oh, grab yeah. a, a hymnal and set it there, Sure. and then nobody would sit there. They yeah. just didn't want some teenage hoodlum like sitting bus, next to him. You know? Um, yeah. It cuts back to Stroop. Uh, Bobby is now waddled to the bathroom. We've got um, Stroop uh, still up at the pulpit. Cotton has busted in now, but you hear her say, here's another Minnesota tradition that's not so easy to throw in the garbage. Let's everyone rise and hug the person next to you. And the congregation all gets up and they all start uh, they all start hugging. And then from Cotton, he said, leave it to a woman to turn God's house into a love shack. And then Dale comes over and goes, permission to hug you, Colonel. Denied. Denied. Go hug your wife. <laughs> you hug says, your wife. He says, I can't. She's hugging the person next to her. And you see Nancy hugging John Redcorn, even in church. Uh, and um, the uh, Reverend Stroop comes up and goes, looks like you need someone to hug. He goes, looks like you need to read your Bible. And I quote, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission. Corinthians. She goes, Corinthian. yes. Yeah, he's making stuff up. <laughs> she goes, yes. But in the book of, he goes, Billy Graham, man, Jimmy Swaggart, man, Karen Stroop, and then Bill busts in. You rarely see Bill get pissed. Yeah, this is really weird, weird too, because he, like, shuts the whole room oh. down with this one. He's like, enough. If you hurt this woman, this single woman, and if you take her away from me, I promise I will strike you down. And Cotton says, I made my point. If you need me, I'll be in one part of this church. It's still men's only. Uh, obviously referring to the men's bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, You now see Bobby on the toilet in the men's bathroom. He has not locked the door to the bathroom. And uh, you see Cotton start waddling in. Bobby doesn't know who it is, and so he announces, uh, I'm sorry, I ate all the loot fisk. And he's on the toilet. He's groaning. He's he's in a bad way. He's got the BGs, as we like to say. Well, he's saying all this stuff to himself, not to the bathroom. And he goes, why did you have to taste so good? Why? And then the door opens, and he's just like, <gasps> and then Cotton comes in, and he just starts coughing and shrieking and yelling like Cotton does uh, he because of the smell. Mercy, mister, what did you eat? Oh, forget it. I'll take my business elsewhere after he lights a match and tries to get imagine it to Imagine how stop bad stinking. the room has to smell for oh. you to decide not to use the restroom. Not only that, imagine how bad it has to be for Cotton to decide not to use the bathroom. Yeah, a guy who is, he was in war, and it smelled all yep. kinds of death and fire and uh bobby starts peeking out of the stall to see who it is and he sees that it's cotton you know and all that stuff anyway cotton just drops the matchbook on the floor and leaves after he takes his business elsewhere which is crazy um bobby flushes the toilet uh he comes out he locks the the door to the toilet because he's like i gotta do something here i still don't know if i'm done or whatever it goes over to the sink and then you start hearing the door rattling and somebody on the outside saying, hello, hello, is there anyone in there? Hello, are you okay? He's knocking and knocking. Bobby's getting super frustrated and, and, and all out of whack. He's just whimpering. It's rattling and rattling. Uh, Bobby finds the matches on the floor, uh, and he starts lighting them and blowing them out, lighting them and blowing them out, trying to get that sulfur smell to get rid of the poop smell. Yeah, trying to trying to kill the but smell that. As he's doing this, dank turd. Yeah, as he's doing this, he climbs up on the urinal and sink, and he's opening the window trying to flush it out. Uh, he's still lighting matches, but he keeps throwing the matches into the paper towel 
uh, into the trash there in, in the bathroom. And he doesn't really think about it. Uh, but we do kind of see some smoke start coming up as Bobby finally gets out that window, goes around the church, comes back into the front door, and sits down at the pew. He is just covered in dirt and grossness, but nobody says anything. Um, and then Hank, he's like, uh, hmm, what's that smell? And Bobby says, oh, nothing. He goes, oh, wait a minute. I know that smell. Fire! Fire! Yeah, and all the all the, yeah. the alarms are going off and all that stuff. And next thing we see, everybody rushing out at once. I mean, everybody going out at once. Uh, they're all in panic. And then we see the church engulfed in fire and everybody just standing there watching. And that is a commercial break. And that will take us to our commercial break. And we will be right back. Right back. All right, we are back, and the church is engulfed in fire at this point. Uh, Hank, you hear him. I mean, the entire congregation is still there watching it. You see the fireman. Yeah, trying once to you put scream fire, the whole oh, room's paying attention. It's the one legal time you can do it. Yeah. Uh, Hank says, "Oh God, oh God, please don't let it be the propane tanks." And I mean, the church is a fire is, is is an entire loss. I mean, the whole thing is gone. Oh it yeah, it's down. definitely gone. There's it's there, yeah, it's it's past salvageable. The uh, Reverend Stroop comes up. She's speaking to the congregation who's all standing there watching. She goes, and this joke's pretty good, too. I like this joke. <laughs> she goes, I just I, I just spoke to the arson investigator. His investigation points to arson. arson. And everybody just goes, <gasps> what are the odds? It's the arson <laughs> yeah. investigator. What are the fucking odds? She goes, uh, someone did this because they don't want a woman minister. To him, I say, you can burn down our church, but you cannot burn down our faith. Our faith is the kind of stuff that children's pajamas should be made of. And everybody applauds. Oh, I have man. no friggin' clue what that means. It's uh, children's pajamas should be made of our faith. So I looked that up. I'm um, not sure what she's talking about there. It's yeah. kind of weird to me. And and I don't know if this is the right time or not, you know, as far as when this was uh, the thing. Yeah. But there was, a, uh, there was an article that said, Christian's pajamas helped kids conquer fear of dark. So the pajamas uh, were inspired by the book of Ephesians in the Bible. The children's grandmother, Peggy Peggy Wakefield, is one of the two women marketing the pajamas. A Spartanburg, Florida-based company has come up with a unique way to help children conquer bedtime boogeymen while learning about God. Did you look up that verse? No, I didn't look up that verse. That verse probably mentioned something's about faith and pajamas or children's clothing or something. I don't know. So this lady, there's some absurd crap in the Bible, so that might be in there. So they make these make these pajamas with the words like salvation and faith and uh they have the armor of god on them and stuff like this the lady says uh, they go to bed with the full armor of god and then she quotes uh ephesians 6 10 through 18 uh and talk about uh putting on the full armor of god oh that's the armor of god yeah, yeah i know that yeah and she goes at the end uh it, the article says they admit the pajamas are unusual but they say their intent is not hard for other believers to grasp and this is my favorite quote from the article if they're Christians, they'll get it, she says. <laughs> so if you're not a Christian, screw you. Your kids can be afraid of the dark. So uh, that's the only thing I could find that's anywhere close to the children's pajamas thing. Uh, now we get Bobby in the crowd. He goes, why would someone want to burn down our church? Peggy said, honey, they weren't trying to burn down our church. They were trying to kill Reverend Stroop. And I'm like, what the hell, Peggy? That's a big leap 
right? That they're trying to burn down Real the church to leap. kill the reverend. That's a huge leap. Like Our, you can't eat. Like you, you're not even going to rule out every other possibility. And the first thing you're going to jump to is like, oh yeah, they're trying to kill trying the to reverend. Kill her. <laughs> Which you know, it's uh, it's I don't know. Maybe maybe that she jumps to that conclusion because. Uh, of the dark history of a lot of small Texas Could towns. Could be. There's a lot of dark histories in a lot of small Texas towns. So maybe that has something to do with the the sordid past of, of Arlen. So you or, see. Uh, Harlan? Harlan. Harlan. Town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you see uh, the arson investigator come up and he goes, the fire started in a garbage can in the men's room. And Bobby's just like, oh. So now we're back at the Hill House. Uh, we're at the breakfast table. And Peggy. this is another example of Peggy's. Oh. Uh, ignorance. Well, not only ignorance, but just it. whatever, man. Yeah, She's, I don't even know what you call this shit. This joke is hilarious, though. Goes, <laughs> this is really good joke, though. She goes, and I read in the paper that the flames were so hot, they literally burned the, the very wood, wood the, the church, church was made, was made of. of. <laughs> and I just put out beside it, yes, wood burns. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? She looks at Bobby. She goes, Bobby, you haven't even touched your arroz con chicon, which is it's chicken with rice. That's all that is. That's Peggy. all that you is. Don't need to, you don't need to flavor that up. You're, we're good. Uh, Bobby says, I'm not eating ever again. Uh, and Cotton says, ah, I don't blame you. I ate bugs in the war. Tasted better than this. Which, it's funny though. That good he God, pushed it too. Yeah. He just pushed it in front of him. Yeah. Uh, and Peggy says, actually Cotton, I think he's upset about what happened to the church. Luann <laughs> in one of her really Luann moments says it burnt down. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Luann, we get it. It burnt down. Uh, Bobby says, I feel so bad. And he's just like crying at the table. Peggy says, it's not your fault, honey. Whoever committed this hate crime is the one who should starve himself to death, not you. Starve himself to death. Thank you, Peggy. Yeah, that's, that's dramatic. Bobby gets up. He's very upset. He's crying. He runs from the table. Uh, she says, uh, this being Peggy, goes, oh, our sweet, sweet little sensitive boy. He feels everything so deeply like a poet. And I like how she abruptly stops well, and she goes, has to a look cowboy at poet. Yeah. She has to look at Hank and goes, a, a cowboy poet. Which I don't understand that because uh, well, as somebody who's studied poetry, if you look at a lot of really good poets, especially American poets, they were like these rugged, like frontier type people who were in, like Ernest Hemingway was in like World, World oh, sure. War One. Yeah. You know, fighting in the trenches and stuff like that. So like, to a assume that just because somebody's a poet like to be a good poet you have to have life experience to to be able to convey oh, emotion in a certain way but she's so, just saying that to a piece oh hank. i know That's all it is. i know it so but now I, I just like even hank having that mentality i think is funny it's rough yeah well it's, it shows te it shows again how uh if it's not if it's if it's not blue collar, yeah. then a lot of society in Texas kind of like oh, sure. shuns the arts. A lot of small Texas towns shun the arts. Well, we saw that with the art gallery in in Dallas that they went to and all that kind of stuff too. I mean, art is just like this superfluous thing. It's not something that's meant to, you know, give life or inspiration or anything. Yeah, they just yeah, think of, yeah. oh, it's just art. It's not which, football. Which, which uh, as as a Texan. I can assure you that that is very, 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 oh, very real. on on point. It's on brand. We live in a town that it has struggled to get to where we are now, and to actually have an art community for people who have lived here as long as we have, it's just mind blowing to us that oh, these sure. things can happen, and all these creators can get together and do stuff in such a a small Texas town mentality place. So now uh, it's either later in the day or the next day, and we're uh, having another church meeting in front of the burned-down church now. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a priest that comes in, a rabbi. Khan dressed up like a monk for some reason. Khan is a Buddhist. Well, I understand he's a yeah. Buddhist, but he ain't no monk. Well, so what's he doing monk. sitting up there? He's not. The, he's not. He's, I guess he's the only Buddhist in town, so that's who they bring in. 
Uh, they're sitting behind Stroop. Uh, she says, it is with a heavy heart that I welcome you to this interfaith prayer service. Bobby looks super worried and guilty. She says, Protestant and Catholic, Jew and Buddhist, man and woman, they are all, we are all brought together today by hate. And Luann's only other line, ooh, I hate hate. Which <laughs> I hate hate. Yeah, <laughs> hate, which is hate. good. That's a good one. Uh, and so Min runs up to take a picture of Khan real quick. Uh, and then goes back and see, sits down. She goes, hate that throws out my lutefisk. Hate that burns down our church. Hate that makes an innocent little boy stop eating. That's right. Would Bobby Hill please come up to the microphone? Bobby is just super surprised, looks super worried, super nervous. Uh, Peggy says, go on, honey. It'll be okay. And then she looks over at men and goes, Psst, click, click, click. She, like she's making that camera clicking motion to her because she wants her to go up and take a picture of Bobby just like she did of Khan. Uh, ba- Bobby goes up to Stroop. Min takes the picture. She says, Bobby, the strength of your devotion is an inspiration to us all. That's why I want you to be the first to know the, the police have found the matchbook that started the fire and are closing in on the arsonist. I don't know why she sounds Irish all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bobby gra- uh, gasps really loud and just faints. Puggy, uh, puggy. puggy Peggy, Peggy, r- <laughs> Peggy rushes to him. She grabs him. The crowd's just like, <gasps> Bobby. Uh, and then Stroop continues. She says, for the sake of this poor, tortured soul, please help us find the man responsible for this hate crime. Bobby starts to kind of wake up, arouse. She goes, if you know anyone who might carry a matchbook from a strip club in Houston, tell the police. Peggy, of course, looks at Hank because she knows who she's talking about at this oh, point. Yeah, yeah. And she knows it's Cotton. And she gets this super mad look on her face. We now go back to the Hill House. It's nighttime. I'm guessing it's the same day. Peggy says, uh, the matchbook came from a strip club in Houston. A, a strip, strip club, club in Houston, Houston Hank. Yeah. And by the way, this is Hank and Peggy in bed again. Uh, Hank is already rolled over, and Peggy's still talking. She starts poking at Hank, and he goes, he says, my father did not burn down the church. Lots of guys go to strip clubs in Houston. Peggy says, oh, and also go to the church in Arlen where they harass female ministers and then announce they're going to the men's room where the fire started with matches from a strip club in Houston. And this is when Peggy is shitty Peggy because she looks super satisfied when she takes off her glasses, has the last word, and is the one to go to sleep. I mean, she just, that to me tells you everything you need to know about Peggy. Oh, yeah, she yeah, just yeah. wants to be right. She That's just wants it. to be right. She doesn't even care about what the situation. And you know, you notice she didn't call the police or anything. No, if of course she, not. You know, she didn't do anything because, you know, she's well, got to be right. What if she's wrong? That's all that matters. She don't want that. No. Nah. So next thing we see is uh, we're in Dale's basement, and he's watching, like, CCTV of, of a Bill, Bill ironing. ironing his clothes. So in Bill's house, he has a camera. I'm assuming he has a camera in everybody's house at this point. Uh, and Potentially, so for sure. You hear Cotton uh, come in. He starts coming down the, the steps in his little waddling fashion. He goes, Gribble, gribble, you got to help me. They found my girly bar, girly bar matches. It's only a matter of time before they accuse me of church burnery. 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 Church burnery. Uh, Dale, with a with a poster of Mexico behind him, says, uh, Colonel, I'd be honored if you'd use my phone to claim responsibility. He says, but I didn't do it, you idiot. He goes, the evidence suggests otherwise. They've got your matchbook, and it won't be long before I turn you in. <laughs> okay, Dale, good job. He says, ah, okay, here's how it went down. I tried to go to the latrine, but there was already a man in there. Uh, he goes, I'm, I lit one match in self-defense, and they beat a hasty retreat. The smelly man must have set the fire after I left. Find a man with a terrible smell, and you'll have your arsonist. Dell says, sir, your only hope is to make a run for it. 
Yeah, your only hope. He didn't, <laughs> your he, only hope. Even the guy who's like the conspiracy theory king didn't even it didn't no. even believe it. But it's a true story. Sure, Hank. That uh, we now transition. We see Hank's uh, alarm clock. It is two thirty-seven in the a.m. Uh, we hear a dog bark, and then Peggy goes, "Hank, wake up!" Uh, he just kind of moans. She goes. Uh, then we cut to Cotton coming out the front door with his bags already packed. Uh, and Peggy comes out and she goes, going somewhere? She turns on the front porch light. He says, now, why don't you just turn around, go back to bed, and no one gets hurt? And then you hear the police siren approaching. Quick, you got to hide me. He starts throwing clothes out of the suitcase, puts it down on the ground to crawl into it to hide. That's how tiny Cotton is. He can crawl into a suitcase. Yeah, he just crawls right into it. The cops pull up, uh, and you hear, uh, we know you're in there. Come out with your hands up. And this is about the same time that Bobby wakes up. He's looking out the blinds at the cops with a gun pointed at the suitcase. Uh, and uh, you see them now. They've got uh, Cotton out of the suitcase. They've got him handcuffed. He goes, uh, they say, Cotton Hill, you're under arrest for arson. You got the wrong man. Let me down. Uh, and Bobby, by this time, has come to the front door. He's watching with everybody else. And he goes, Mom, he didn't start the fire. He couldn't have. He's crying the whole time. Oh, he's, he's this, crying, yeah. yeah. And then uh, and he's in his pajamas full sure. of faith. And you hear Cotton go, Bobby. He goes, Grandpa, I didn't do it. I believe you. It was somebody else. I know. Look for the man with the terrible smell. He's the one you want. You hear me? The man with the terrible smell. I'll miss you. <laughs> There's a big pregnant pause in there yeah. where Bobby had a chance to give it up, and he goes, I'll miss you. <laughs> He's just crying. He doesn't say anything about it. And the cops drive off with Cotton in the back uh, seat, and he is arrested. And he's gone. Yeah. Next thing. Locked up. Yeah. Next thing we see is that Arlen skyline, that same picture that we're familiar with, with the water tower and the sun rising. Uh, and Hank is in the kitchen with everybody else, and he's looking out the curtains over the sink, and he goes, okay, show's over. Now, nothing to see here. Everyone go home. Uh, and then it shows outside, and it's literally just Bill, just Dale, and just Boomhauer on the sidewalk. That's nope, it. Barely anybody there, yeah. He, he looked at Hank inside. There's a circus out there. Hank says to Peggy, oh, it's a circus out there. Uh, and he goes, uh, they just start dispersing, the three of them. They all work, walk in different directions. Yeah, they just directions. walk towards their houses. So uh, Hank now says, by now, it's all over town. My dad's an arsonist. And Peggy goes, well, I don't know why you're so surprised. I've always said that man is capable of anything before. People used to look away or pretend not to hear me. But now they'll all have to nod in agreement. Yes, they will. And I just wrote, shitty Peggy. Because that is pretty shitty. It is very shitty. Bobby, uh, sitting at the kitchen table with him, he goes, even if Grandpa did do it, doesn't mean he's a bad person. Hank says, Bobby. I've always stood by my, my dad, no matter what. And there's been a lot of what over the years. <laughs> but burning down a church, I just don't know. And Bobby goes, but he's still your father, no matter what, right? Again, we get one of those big pregnant pauses as Hank's kind of thinking. And he goes, well, I know you can disown a child. There must be something like that for a parent. Oh, wow. And Bobby's just like, oh, shit. I mean, That's he gets a that shitty look thing on to say face. to your kid, Oh, it's too. rough. I yeah. know you could disown a child, but... Uh, is there something like that for parents, too? <laughs> That's so terrible So we now cut to the Arlen bus depot, and Bobby is coming up to the counter, and he goes, I'd like a one-way ticket to Mexico, por favor. That means today. <laughs> no, it doesn't, Bobby. But, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Too. That's a good but joke. that's been passed down to you by your mother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we hear a woman go, Bobby? And uh, Bobby turns around and he goes, Bobby? Grandma Didi. She goes, oh, Bobby, I just came in from Houston. Cotton is in jail. He goes, I know. He goes, are you, are you here to bail him out? She goes, there's no bail. He burned down a church. Now by, now our baby is going to grow up without a father. 
not you're in my baby, Cotton and my baby. She is a total idiot, by the way. She is, she is an idiot, but that's even idiot. that's a weird joke, even 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 for an idiot. Hey, uh, Bobby says to her, "I feel so bad. It was an accident. I just know it was an accident. Why can't they just leave him alone and forget about it?" Now, as he's talking, just real quick, behind him is the bus schedule. Bus arrivals, 115 San Angelo, 130 Matamoros, 245 Cedar Point, 4 o'clock Juarez, 545 San Marcos, and 630 something that starts with the letter O. In the departures column, we have 1 o'clock Amarillo, uh, 140 Nacogdoches, 2 o'clock Matamoros, uh, 3 o'clock Port Aransas, 530 Longview, and 6 o'clock Juarez. Now, I'd like to say one thing. Uh, hats off to the writers and the animators here because the bus arrivals and departures match up really well. They did a good job of figuring out the times when buses would arrive and when things would depart. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Good job. Dee Dee says, uh, this baby was an accident too, but if I forget about it, I w- it would never get born. That's not the way babies work, Dee Dee, but okay. That is not the way babies work at all. But I like, uh, even though in her ignorant babble, yeah. she does drop a wigget uh, a, a of nugdom. A wigget of nugdom. A, a, a nugget, nugget of, of wisdom. wisdom. Sure. And uh, Bobby is savvy to what what the the wisdom is that oh, she's yeah. putting in there, and he uh, he continues to she, she figure said, it out. Oh yeah, she says, uh, um, "I think you have to be responsible for your accidents." Cotton thinks so too. At least he stopped saying he didn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> she goes. He said, "If the baby turned out as good as you, Bobby, then he will not abandon it." Uh, uh, okay. Didn't know that was a choice, <laughs> yeah. but all right. <laughs> it shows Bobby, and he's just got this trembling lip, and he's just he's he's in rough shape now. Uh, we now go to the Arlen Police Station, and we're in an interrogation room with Cotton on one side and Hank and Peggy on the other side. And I just wrote down, how are they in an interrogation room with this guy they just arrested? That just doesn't happen. Yeah, no, That's it doesn't so happen at all. Unless, uh, like, somehow they worked out a deal oh. where the cops will go in there and talk. Uh, this is well, uh, actually, I know of a pretty... Uh, crazy crime where somebody got to go talk for him. So I know the family of Kenneth McDuff yeah, and the family member that communicated with him was actually his niece Mm -hmm. while he was locked up because he wouldn't talk to the police. Sure. So whenever he gave up where everybody was at, he community, they used her as the channel through which to get that information. Well, it gets a little weirder here in just a second, but uh, Peggy is talking to Cotton. She goes, Cotton, you have got to confess. You will feel better, and I will feel better. Well, it is about you, Peggy, so that's good. Hank says, uh, they're offering you a good deal. Cops, uh, a cop to the hate crime, and they'll drop the 123 counts of attempted murder. That's a lot of attempted murder. It's a lot of people inside of a church. So, uh, yeah, this is what I'm saying. It was full. Uh, Cotton says, no deals. I'm not taking a fall for the smelly man. Hank says, dang it, Dad, there's no smelly man. Uh, now, (laughs) number one, getting weird. Uh, he is able to get up, grab Hank by the collar and start kind of talking right in his face, you know? And he goes, now you listen to me. I spent two weeks on Iwo Jima buried under a pile of bodies. The things I smelled, you can't even imagine, but I'll never forward forget what I smelled that day in the church. It was a vengeful stink. It was a stink for the ages. Uh, we see a bus drop Bobby off uh, with a suitcase. He starts running down the street to get away. Uh, and then Peggy responds with a stink for the ages by saying, I will tell you what stinks, old man. Your story stinks. And now here's the weird part. Bobby busts into the interrogation room with a suitcase in a police station. That is, I, I don't care what deal you've made. You don't let a 12-year-old boy just bust into an interrogation room. But 
he is out of breath and he goes, Grandpa, Dad, Mom. And he's still panting, panting. And he goes, it was, it was me. It was all my fault. I ate the lutefisk. I got sick in the bathroom. I lit the matches. I burned down the church. I let everyone blame Grandpa. Yep, that's terrible. And, of course, Cotton's, he's like, I told you I didn't do it. The boy, the boy is the man with the terrible smell. And then Peggy says, oh, I knew it. I knew this was too good to be true. And she pulls, she pulls out the cassette recorder she's had in her purse the whole time trying to record a confession from, from uh, Cotton. And then she starts pulling the tape out of the reels of the... I don't know why she did that. Destroying the evidence. Okay. What evidence? She's still going to have the cassettes with her. She's yeah, still yeah, going to yeah, have yeah, the yeah. recorder. She still has the recorder. And the other thing is, you could rewind those damn things. Oh, you could fix them, yeah. So, anyway. She would have had to, like, complete... Well, you can, even then, you can oh, splice them and everything it. else. Yeah. yeah. She has to melt it. Hank says... Uh, Bobby, are you gonna? Uh, you're gonna march down that hall and tell the people and tell the police everything. See, maybe they will spare your grandfather's life. Bobby says okay, and then Cotton just bangs on the table and he goes, "Nobody's going no place. Sit down, Hank and Hank's wife. You too, stinky." And Hank says, "Hey, don't call him that." He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. Did I hurt your feelings, stinky?" And then Bobby comes, Grandpa. He goes, it don't feel so good, does it? Well, get used to it, because that's what everyone's going to call you if you go blabbing to the police, police. stinky. (laughs) Stinky. And he not only says police, he goes, police. Police. Uh, Peggy says, uh, he's right. Oh, Lord. And there are other names, too. And in interjects Hank. He goes, uh, hey, uh, how about arsonist? That's what they'll be calling him in the state of Texas versus Bobby Hill. Peggy says, oh, so many names. What are we going to do? And then Cotton the only one with a good head on his shoulders in this one, which feels like you're in the twilight zone. He goes, you'll do what I say you're going to do now. Get the cops in here. He says, uh, tell them I'm ready to confess. Hank says, no, Dad, you can't. He goes, I'm an old man. Everybody already hates me. But Bobby, he's just a child. He's got his whole life ahead of him. Then we get this huge pregnant pause. Uh, Hank and Peggy kind of look at each other, and Peggy says, Cotton, do you know what you're saying? Uh, Which... I think is Peggy like realizing, oh shit, Cotton might have a slice of dignity in him or, or goodness here. Potentially. Cotton says, if I can take a bullet from my grandson, I'll do it, but not in the face. That's how I make my livings. That's how I make my livings. Don't know what the hell that means. Yeah, I'm not sure. Neither does Hank because he goes, how you make your, and he goes, send him in. I just, <laughs> I just wrote, huh? Down to the side of that because I don't yeah, know I don't what know the what hell he's is. talking about. Now we've got It could Cotton. just be a joke. It could be. Yeah. But now we've got Cotton in front of that burned-down mess of a church, uh, and he is kind of recanting the whole thing. And he goes, i tell you what I told the cops. I'm the one who burned down your church, but it was an accident. As for the man with the terrible smell, well, that was me too. I'm old. I got no shins. My plumbing don't work so good no more. I blame the fire on someone else because I was embarrassed by my own terrible smell. Dale is just bawling. Sitting no, next to Nancy his and Redcorn. Yeah. yeah, I always think it's funny how they're always at the same place together. Oh yeah, it's like they they travel as a couple. And then a sh- thruple. Sorry, Stroop, Stroop says to the congregation, "The digestive problems of the elderly are gross to hear, but we should pity them and not condemn them." Uh, or she goes, "It's a cross to bear." Sorry, not gross to hear. Uh, and she she goes, "Cotton Hill, you have my forgiveness and love." She goes to hug him. He pushes her away. She goes, and I invite the entire congregation to offer you their forgiveness and love with a hug. Everyone immediately stands up and starts going towards Cotton in a line. He yeah. just looks mortified. He hates it. Yeah, he doesn't but, like. He doesn't just. He doesn't like any kind of affection or any kind of well physical contact. In or any normal kind of life, he would idiot. not allow this, right? But he's doing it for Bobby. He's got to do it. He's, he's got to suck Bobby. it up. Yeah. yeah. 
He goes, uh, he he is just, <laughs> he's in pain every time somebody hugs yeah. him. Uh, every time somebody uh, hangs him, he's like, oh, uh, uh, that's and like he's getting beat up. You see the whole line start going through. Dale goes through, hugs him, then a few more people, and then Dale runs back to hug him again. Hugs him twice. Uh, well, I'm surprised he doesn't act more perverted when Nancy hugged him because he was even he was even like, oh, uh, when Nancy oh, hugged he just him. Didn't want, he didn't want anybody. He didn't want anyone hugging him. And so uh, Bobby finally says, he goes, Mom, as long as we're confessing, remember when Grandpa broke the arm of your boggle trophy because he was playing soccer in the house? Peggy says, hmm, yeah, I'll never forgive him for that. He goes, it was me. She goes, I forgive you. I mean, just that quick. Oh, I forgive boom, you. Boom, boom, and boom, then boom. grabbed him in and hugged him. <laughs> and then we just see a long line of people hugging Cotton as we fade to the credits. Uh, and then after the credits, we hear Cotton say, but not in the face. That's, That's how, how I make, make my, my livings. livings. And that is it, man. That's it. That's another that one. is the end of season three, episode 21, Revenge yep. of the Loot Fisk. And that was... Uh, that was fantastic. I think um, shout out to Archie again for the Artie. What did I say, Archie? Archie. Yeah, I meant Artie. Sorry. Shout out to Artie. Jughead. Yeah, shout out to Jughead, um, Veronica, all so, them guys. <laughs> uh, I think because of that quote from Cotton, uh, that's how I make my living. That uh, our Friday episode, we're going to kind of go over Cotton Hill all by himself and okay. just see what we can come up with. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, because I have no remembrance of Cotton being a face model of any kind. Yeah, so. I don't know. Me either. All right, so you want to tell them where they can find us if they want more of this ri- ridiculousness? Yeah, if you want more of this ridiculousness, you can find us at linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash B-W-A-A-A-K-O-T-H. That's linktree. Quah! B W A A A K O T H. And if you don't want to go there to find us, you can find us on most social medias at B W A A A K O T H. Right. Bois K O T H. Now we, uh, like I said, we are, we're, we're working on a lot of big stuff. Uh, we'll have some video content for you before long. Uh, and we'll make some announcements about that. We are also going to set up a Patreon so that you guys can start getting our notes and, and different little pieces that we uh, that we get together during the week. And uh, what we're going to also do with that is uh, we're going to give you the ad-free oh, absolutely. everything on Patreon. Unedited. So you'll be able to get our, all of our crappy uh, breaks. Uh, yeah, so you get all of our <laughs> breaks, whatever. So all of the episode, uh, episode of content yeah. uh, and everything, that'll be available there. Yeah. What we're going to eventually do... Uh, and this is going to be at the beginning of season five. We're going to take off one season one, two, and three from all social from from everywhere it's at right now. One, two, and three will only be available on Patreon at the beginning of season five. We're going to give you guys a season uh, and a half because we're almost done with season three. We're going to give you all of season four to understand and get it in your head that uh, if you want to rewatch those episodes, they will be available on Patreon once that we get to that point. Yeah, and so uh, we are we're making some moves there, and we'll see what happens. I know a lot of you have been asking uh, for something like Patreon or, or something like that, a way to support us, and and uh, we really appreciate it. We appreciate all the emails, we appreciate the gifts, the the love that we get from all of you guys, and uh, just keep it coming. We we really really appreciate it. Just about the time you start thinking, boy, this is a slog, uh, then you get an email or a gift or a something from somebody, and it uh, it just keeps us going. So yeah, it changes your perspective. On we stuff. really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we've we've met another guy out of this show, uh, F, the uh, animator who worked on Fairly Odd Parents and a bunch of other big stuff, and and Rusty's starting a show with him, anima- Animation Conversation. Yeah, we've got a, a lot of uh, a lot of great secrets cooked up for y'all. We're not gonna l- well, you got reveal six, six episodes worth of guests already, uh, already or so. Scheduled. Yeah, or yeah. so, uh, and we're 
We're going to try to make it a one-stop destination for anything to do with animation, past or present. Yeah. Uh, our goal is to help preserve some of this animation history and yeah. to also uh, preserve some of the, the current animation history that's happening in real time and, and to give a lot of young creators uh, some lessons from some industry greats too. You know, there's going to be a lot of nuggets of gold for anybody that's in the animation world in this uh uh, there's gonna be a lot of learning opportunities yeah. for them as well in this in this endeavor that we're that we're embarking on. We're gonna reach out to some of the uh, older studios. Sure. Uh, one in particular uh, that we're gonna reach out to is Fleischer Studios, mm -hmm. which uh, Max Fleischer is an early innovator in the early uh, 1900s. Uh, he invented what was called the rotoscope. Bongo. Uh, <laughs> did you do Bongo the Rabbit? Or uh, one of the rabbits. He did. Co Coco the Clown. Coco the Clown. That's so what, what he did Sorry. was uh, he invented a way to take real-life animation, uh, real-life videos. So he would say for Cab Calloway was one that was used. Yeah. They would take uh, on this rotoscope device, they were able to put the film, and they were able to put a stencil, if you will, and they were able to draw the animation mm -hmm. of the human being moving and turn it into sure. a cartoon. Yeah. And uh, Max Fleischer was a big There's deal. one that goes around a lot, and it's really popular with a ghost dancing mm -hmm. and it's to yeah. cab calloway's music i remember that the they, skeletons they coming took, apart yeah yeah, yeah yeah they took mm -hmm. cab calloway's actual strut uh, uh, across the straight stage and did that so yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of cool stuff for you guys i, I hope that uh uh you guys come over there and check that one out too with this there's also a ton of new shows at roguemedianetwork.com if you want to check those out and uh until next time we will uh, we'll see you guys and keep listening and we appreciate your support we'll be time this has been a rogue media network production <laughs>